Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. But Saul, still breathing threats and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, that if he found any who are of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he traveled, he got close to Damascus, and suddenly a light from the sky shone around him. He fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise up, enter into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. They led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was without sight for three days, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, Behold, it's me, Lord. The Lord said to him, Arise, and go to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judah for one named Saul, a man of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he did to your saints at Jerusalem. Here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is my chosen vessel to bear my name before the nations and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias departed and entered into the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he received his sight. He arose and was baptized. He took food and was strengthened. Saul stayed several days with the disciples who were at Damascus. Starting in verse 7, the men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Saul arose from the grave, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. They led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was without sight for three days, and neither ate nor drank. Saul had encountered the risen Lord in a blinding vision, and now he can't see. In trying to imagine what being blind would be like, I think back to when I went caving the other month. If you get far enough into a cave, 
and then turn off your lights. That's about as dark as I've ever experienced. Totally deprived of your sense of sight, other senses become more acute. Saul was perhaps blinded so that he would eventually see. During this three-day period, it says he didn't eat or drink. We'll learn in verse 11 that Saul was doing a lot of praying as well. This was a time of fasting filled with prayer and likely personal reflection while attempting to listen and learn from God. The old was passing away and the new was coming. What does repentance look like? Maybe something like this. God, in His grace, blinded Saul, but this was to be a blessing. Through his physical ailment of blindness, he came eventually to spiritually see. Have you ever had your own season of quote-unquote blindness bestowed from the Lord that made your life course come to an abrupt stop? But the blindness from the Lord was actually a gift of grace. He halted your pursuit. He thwarted your plan. The path of sin was blocked. You were taken to a timeout corner, so to speak. The busyness was replaced with quietness and contemplation. The divine intervention maybe caused suffering, heartache, and conviction for a time, but was a blessing from above, and in the end would be for your good. All right, let's keep reading, starting in verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, Behold, it's me, Lord. The Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judah, for one named Saul, a man of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and laying his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. Ananias, a follower of Jesus Christ, hears from the Lord and is told to search out Saul. Now Jesus could have restored Saul's sight at any time without using anyone else, but he chooses to work through one of his disciples in doing so. I think God delights in using his people. He chooses to use weak, fragile human vessels, for example, to be the means through which his gospel goes forth. I mean, he could have had angels declare it from the sky in a sort of firework display of greatness, right? But instead, he calls us to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. In this case of Ananias being used to restore Saul's sight, what could have been the wisdom in that? For one, this would have immediately connected Saul with members of Christ's body after his life-changing encounter with Jesus. It can be helpful for new believers in Christ to have other mature Christians around who can help encourage, mentor, and disciple them in their new walk with Jesus. Secondly, I think God is exalted and glorified when Christians are given the opportunity to serve one another in humility. It grows believers in their love for each other and for God. Thirdly, getting to be used by God to help and bless others is a joyful experience for the giver. God wants to bless us with His peace and His joy as He works through us His good will and pleasure. All right, moving on. Starting in verse 13. But Ananias answered, 
Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he did to your saints at Jerusalem. Here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. Ananias had his doubts about searching out Saul and bestowing on him a blessing. From a human standpoint, I think his hesitation was reasonable. Knowing who Saul was and what he had previously been doing, I mean, could you imagine searching out some former enemy and bestowing on them some gracious gesture without any evidence they had changed or weren't still a threat to you? It'd be like being told to go to a prison and release the murderer who had killed your son while sending him on his way with a blessing. You'd probably be thinking stuff like, this guy deserves the death penalty, not freedom. Has he really changed? What if he's still a threat to me and others? Is this just a trap? Can I find it in myself to forgive this guy and let him go? Ananias going to Paul to help him would be God's grace in action, unmerited favor bestowed upon the guilty and undeserving. Ananias would probably never do this of his own volition, but as a disciple of Jesus, he would trust and obey his Lord. Verse 15, But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is my chosen vessel to bear my name before the nations and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Jesus had chosen Saul to be a special ambassador for him to the nations with a special call to suffering. Could you imagine being welcomed into the Christian family with the message, congratulations, you're now one of us. You've been chosen to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. What a welcoming call, right? If Saul ever asked Ananias what Jesus had said to him, Ananias would have had to have said something like, um, yeah, so Jesus told me you're his chosen vessel to bear his name before the nations. Oh, and also, uh, you're gonna like have to suffer a lot for his name's sake and stuff. And yes, Paul would indeed suffer greatly as a disciple of Jesus, to the glory of God. This was an accounting of some of Paul's sufferings from his own words. From 2 Corinthians 11, verses 24 to 27, Paul said, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. We know Paul was also in prison for his faith and eventually even martyred. This call to suffering, though, wasn't just for Paul. It's something in some measure all Christians are called to endure. Suffering produces endurance and character. God grows us into maturity through suffering and discipline, which eventually yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So don't be surprised when you encounter your own trials Though difficult at the time, passing through the fire of trials refines us.
as we are being transformed into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to another. Our suffering may not look like Paul's in every aspect. Some of us may not suffer physically to the extreme that he did or may not ever have to literally die for the faith. Taking up our cross and suffering for the sake of Christ may look something like this as well. Dying to ourselves, dying to our will and ego, letting go of our idols that take hold, putting the will of God above our own. But in such a death and suffering, we find life and freedom, freedom from sin, freedom to serve, freedom to love, freedom to live a life for Jesus in the strength, peace, and joy of His Holy Spirit. All right, moving on. Starting in verse 17, Ananias departed and entered into the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he received his sight. He arose and was baptized. He took food and was strengthened. Saul stayed several days with the disciples who were at Damascus. I love this picture of scales falling from Saul's eyes. A spiritual transformation was taking place. He was both physically and spiritually blind, but now he could see, both physically and spiritually. And so the first thing he did was to get baptized, identifying as a believer and follower of Jesus. And after three days of no food, he finally ate. There was a man who had two sons And the younger of them said Father, give me my inheritance So he divided up Land, and the younger left with what he had And he journeyed far away Yeah, the journey was far away What man of you with a hundred sheep Would not be the ninety-nine in the open country Lost until he finds it at any cost. God our Father pursues the lost. Until he finds it at any 
That was Prodigal from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable. He lived the Perfectly like no one can Devoid of sin He had become sinful man for us For our sake He emptied himself for us As our substitute died for me and you in our place Death upon the cross to save all the lost by His grace In our is righteous Die for 
intercession for me and you. We're declared righteous by His grace. He paid the debt in our place. Died for me and you in our place. Death upon the cross to save all the lost by His grace. As our substitute died for me and you That was In Our Place from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. 
Feel free to join us next week as we examine Acts chapter 9, verses 17 through 29. Grace and peace be with you all.